That sound is the sound of our Straight Talk segment, where you have the opportunity to call in with a question about the Catholic faith, something that may be on your heart. Talk to Father Randall Kazel. He's here for you to answer any questions you might have about the faith or something that just some, something that you might just need to, uh, talk to talk to a priest about. You know? yep. And if you're comfortable calling in or on our Facebook, if you'd rather use that medium, just go on the RPR Facebook page, and there's a section there for you to submit your question, and we are happy to receive that and to read that on the air and to have that answered by our, our good friend, Father Rando Kazel, who's pastor oh. here at St. Michael in Pine Island, Minnesota. And the number to call is 877-795-0122. Again, that number, 877-795-0122. Very good. Thank you, Matt. And we look forward to having some calls come in this morning. Uh, sometimes we get a lot of calls. Sometimes we don't get that many, is my experience. But if you're interested, and uh, I was with some friends last night, the Kellers from Belchester, and uh, he's, uh, I think, Ted is out milking calls right now. He he told me he would think about uh, stopping the milking machine and giving me a call. So Ted, you're if you're listening, you're more than welcome. Uh, but the anyone can call in and ask your questions, whatever you might have in your mind and heart. I worked on a dairy farm for a couple of summers, and at least in my experience, any excuse I could get to stop milking to just take a break from it was a good thing yeah i found that sometimes the cows don't like that though yeah that's true you gotta you gotta uh, find a a good time to kind of yeah it it would be great if uh, he could slip away and yeah or anyone really or anyone again the number to call 877-795-0122 Again, 877-795-0122 or our RPR Facebook page. That's right. And while we're waiting for a caller or two or three or more, I have a thought of reminding everyone of the importance of our personal baptism. Each one of us, when we were baptized, we were brought into the grace of God. And, and we think about some of the primary daily sacraments or regular sacraments that we experience, especially the Holy Eucharist, and that should be at the forefront of our mind to worship God truly present in the Eucharist, as well as the sacrament of confession. We have our young people preparing for sacraments, including those getting ready for confirmation. There, But sometimes we, we forget the importance of baptism and what actually happened in that great miracle. And recently I was reminded that I had four baptisms over last weekend. It was really awesome. Uh, and the, to see I had this great set of twins here in Pine Island the, from the Gans family. Uh, it was really neat. I had witnessed their marriage here a few years ago, and now they uh, presented twins to be baptized. It was a really beautiful moment. But we remember what, what exactly happens at baptism. Well, at baptism, the miracle of the forgiveness of original sin and the grace of the Holy Spirit is given to the soul to form the life of Christ and the importance of parents then nourishing that seed of the Holy Spirit by their witness and by the life of prayer and by their willingness to sacrifice for the love of Jesus Christ. And the children grow. They see that. They begin to learn to pray with their parents. And all of a sudden that Holy Spirit forms their minds and hearts very quietly, but nonetheless quite powerfully. And to encourage parents in that is so important, as well as to have a a deepening understanding of the great role and grace of baptism, which is the initial into the divine life 
that we anticipate in the glory of heaven that we're meant to begin experiencing here. One of the things uh, that I hope to do before the end of this show uh, here at 11 o'clock is that we actually renew our baptismal promises. And hey. I encourage all of us to have a consideration that each day to at least have some remembrance. I'm a baptized Catholic. I'm baptized into the life of grace in the Holy Spirit in union with Jesus Christ. And, and in him, I am before God the Father right now. And that we want to renew our baptismal promises of rejecting the devil. And it's good to have that thought of when we begin our day today, you know, devil, you're done. I reject you completely. You might try, but I'm turning to the Lord. And then to renew our profession of our creed as we do each time when we renew our baptismal promises. Normally at Easter, in the Easter season, but anyone who goes to a baptism also can participate in that renewal of the, the rejection of Satan and evil and then the profession of our beautiful and awesome Catholic faith. So this uh, is at the heart of baptism. We'll try to do that before we're done here this morning. I was so. going to say that in, in baptism, actually, uh, an exorcism takes place, right? Is that yeah, correct? that's true. Yeah, that's true. An exorcism takes place. There is a, an exorcism because the idea is, is that when the human family fell in Adam and Eve, you know, they're real people, Adam and Eve, and when they fell from the will of God the Father, uh, they they were claimed then by the will of the evil spirit, Satan, and the evil. So the will then became captive, and that's the whole idea that St. Paul writes about, when whoever sins is a slave to sin, because the will becomes a slave to whatever the, the sin is, and it's just a matter of the will chooses to love what is wrong more than what is good and right. That is God's will. So repentance and conversion at the heart is, is deciding, Lord, I'm sorry for loving a sin more than loving your will. And in the sin, then the soul gives over the power of choosing to evil and loves evil. Whereas in repentance and conversion is that process, that interior decision to turn to our Lord to say, I love you. Please forgive my willingness, my choice and will to offend you. I will what you will now. I want what you want. I decided. And that action of the will turning back to God is at the very heart of conversion. And then the deepening of it is applied to all the different circumstances of decisions that come up in daily life. What is God's will in a big way for one's vocation? What is God's will for one's uh, career? What is God's will applied within one's daily life of work? And what is God's will regarding play? What is God's will regarding recreation? What is what is God's will in family life? How do we raise our family? What is God's will in relationships? How do we treat each other? How do we love? How do we forgive? How do we say we're sorry? How do we accept forgiveness? And so on. And it's all collaborating with the divine will, uh, which establishes kingdom so beautifully when we're oriented and wanting that deep application continually one day at a time being renewed in the grace of baptism so it's really pretty powerful that's so great i mean so many catholics i think struggle with how to live out and proclaim the gospel with conviction and confidence but really i mean in in our american society our solution to things is it seems to be so often is what do you do make a program make a program but it's, I have a problem. Let's make a program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's fine. But really, all it, really, it, it comes down to, in, in the end, properly understanding our own baptismal call. That's what right. our baptism means. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilkham, along with Father Randall Kazel. This is the Straight Talk segment where you have a chance to ask a priest a question about the Catholic faith, something that might be on your heart. 
And the number to call, before we get to our first caller here, the number to call is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122, or on our RPR Facebook page. Post your question there. We have on the phone right now John from Fillmore County, Minnesota. Good morning, John. What's your question for Father Kazel? Uh, thank you for taking my call, Father. Uh, my question is kind You're of sticky. Uh, my my mother, um, who's lifelong Protestant, uh, has been wanting to come into the Catholic Church, um, but uh, all the liturgies that are around her, where she lives, uh, are done pretty irreverently, and uh, along with the congregation. And so she started going to a local Lutheran church, and she said she can't distinguish between the liturgies. And um, I can tell her that you know the things about the Eucharist and and all, but um, I can't really argue with her about how the liturgies are indistinguishable, um, and it kind of killed reverence for her um, and the difference. And so, what advice um, would we get? Because in order to get to a decent rever- uh, liturgy, she'd have to travel, and her health doesn't allow her to travel. Um, and with that, I'll just um, let you answer. Thank you. Okay, well, very good question, and I, I think sometimes uh, you might be consoled that you're not alone at times in people's desire uh, to really embrace the the heart of the matter that our Lord has come to us, and there, there's a there. There is at times in people's hearts to want to have uh, as close of intimacy with Jesus as possible, and there's there's points in conversion that can be expressed in this way. So we want to reverence your mom's desire, and and it's okay that she uh, seeks this. She she seeks uh, as much reverence and the ability to be focused uh, upon uh, our Lord, and and really in a sense to to have distractions be lessened uh, because her her search for our Lord uh, is sincere. It sounds to me from what you just describe and her desire for him uh, is is uh, very strong. Um, so the first thing for you, I encourage you not to give up, to continue to be brave in conversing with your mom about her search. And then uh, secondly, to continue, perhaps if you're able to practically spend time with your mom and to go to see her and then uh, help do the search with her. And maybe there is arrangement with some of your mom's friends to transport her to a, a nearby Catholic church where she can find a place where she feels at home uh, and a sense of, of having the, uh, the kind of reverence and uh, fulfillment uh, of being focused upon our Lord uh, to where she's called. Now, it sounds to me, I would affirm that she's called to be Catholic. Our Lord prefers that. He desires it. Uh, so sometimes a work of charity on those who would know, say, you know, you, your, her, your mom's son, or perhaps uh, maybe if you have any siblings, that, that you could assist your mom. It would be a great work of charity before God to love your mom and honor your mom by helping her in this way. You know, I, I know you mentioned she cannot travel, but, you know, that would be even maybe heroic virtue uh, to be able to help your mom to to be at a place where her heart is nurtured and and satisfied in the grace of our Lord in our Catholic Church. So I encourage you, don't give up. Help your mom if you can, or find other ways that your mom can be helped. Does that answer your question, John? You're welcome. All right. This is the Straight Talk segment here on Real Presence Live. Again, the number to call in to talk with Father Randall Kazel about anything about the faith you'd like to speak to him about, 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. And Father, this reminds me of a blog post, actually, that I read recently. Uh, I think it was on the National uh, National Catholic Register. I think they curated it on, on their website. But it was a blog post from someone who said that 
it, it highlighted the fact that we in our parishes so often seem to be going to what is called the LCD or lowest common denominator. And this is because of, I think, Thomas Aquinas' principle of original sin, which causes everything in this world to eventually decay, mm-hmm. including the liturgy. We have this tendency, and the, the church in her divine nature is immune from it, but certainly not in her human element. And so the liturgy, we, we, we tend to just be going lower and lower sometimes in, in, in trying to just go the easy route or do what's, what's socially acceptable within certain circles of, of the church. You know, and, but the thing is, our liturgies are meant to be elevating. It's meant to elevate our minds and our hearts to God, and that takes some effort. And we talk a lot about in the church about evangelizing, the importance of evangelizing, bringing people back into the church, bringing them back to Mass. We've seen this decline in Mass attendance over the past few decades. But I know in, in my own experience, I have a difficult time sometimes in completing that circle because what happens when people come into our house so often not everywhere but so often what people experience when they come into our churches is that our house our house is on fire liturgically speaking mm-hmm. and this is this is a real issue in our church yeah there i i empathize with this struggle that's going on uh in our in our country and actually throughout the world regarding uh how to draw and to bring hearts to love our lord and and i empathize with this deep interior struggle to deal with a diminishing belief in the eucharist and a diminishing practice of our faith it seems so that as contemplating it as i have been drawn to do to try to help be a part of what is what is the response how do we deal with this uh, so having liturgies that are beautiful reverent and focused upon the source of grace for our happiness and the one who has called us to worship him and to try to minimize distractions from that focus and and to allow people to be immersed in the grace of the focus of Jesus because it's not simply that we come to mass and we're there looking and watching everything our lord is there and he's watching us. We can see him mystically, spiritually, face to face. We can see him in the Eucharist. We can listen to him and receive his grace and speak back to him. And that's the Mass, is that beautiful interaction between our God, our Father, in union with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and we're invited to participate in the divine life of the Trinity. And at the Holy Mass is the place where that happens. So whatever can distract from that divine action, the divine action of, of welcoming and coming to us during the liturgy, and then whatever can uh, distract us from our own interior choice to participate in that, you know, those whatever distractions there, uh, we, we want to try to minimize that. And so part of the aspect of that is, is to have reverence. So the, the, the priests, uh, we, we're all called to show that reverence that demonstrates our own interior conviction, our own personal decision that one believes this is God and that he is the Lord and creator. He's the all-powerful God who has always been. He is and always will be. He made us out of nothing. So we're filled with awe that we have this sense of awe and reverence before God. And the, the, our behavior, people look and see from our own behavior. Do we have the, the reverence before God? And do we work to teach and well as to try to draw people to have a similar reverence? 
in following that example so that that be, those become the lines so i empathize with that struggle because but that's the struggle we need to have it and to try to have an elevated sense of liturgy it, it is a struggle to do those practical things uh, but we have to try and we have to work at it and identify those things that will improve liturgical experience and interior union before god and with god and to uh, work to uh, try to minimize those that prove to be distracting and uh, 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 allow for or facilitate people from being distracted from actually what the mass is i think also it's important to we need to teach our own people what it really truly means to participate in the liturgy which is something that the council called for what does that really mean uh i think a lot of this lowest common denominator stuff happens when there's maybe a, a caricature of participation where people think well in order to participate in the mass i have i have to be constantly speaking or i have to be constantly singing or or doing something performing some function whereas what the council really was getting at was not so much active as in physically doing something, but actual, actual participation, meaning spiritually uniting yourself interiorly, like you yep. said, interiorly. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah, it's actuoso participation. That's the interior choice to be present from the inside to the divine action. So the actuoso participation, it comes from the choice to worship inside. And that that choice is different from the outward participation. So one one can participate inside and and be fully participating in what's going on because it's a divine and invisible action that is the primary part of the, the sacred liturgy. You're listening to Real Presence Live. I'm Matt Wilcom along with Father Randall Kazel. This is the Straight Talk segment. You can call in 877 122. Uh, we have another caller. Mary from Grand Forks is on the line. Mary, what's your question for Father Kazel? I have a, I live in an apartment building, mostly elderly people here, and I have befriended a lady who has maybe three months to live. And um, she to- tells me that she is baptized. She doesn't seem to have any other affiliation with the church. She has no church that she belongs to here. She told me she has given her life to Christ. Um, I, I have talked to her. I, I told her I pray for her. I recommended that she offer up her sufferings. I know it's foreign, uh, a foreign idea to non-Catholics, but I talked to her about it a couple times. But what else could I do for her, or should I do for her? Well, first of all, I want to affirm you and give praise to God for your good heart and good will toward your your friend and your willingness to, uh, in a sense, evangelize and be a witness to Christ with her. And that also you receive her own witness. That's a beautiful sharing. Uh, what else you could do uh, if you haven't done so? Um, you didn't mention if she's baptized Catholic. Is she, does she happen to be she baptized? Is. in? Not, the, not Catholic, no. I'm sure she's not, not Catholic. Okay. Well, I never well, actually asked her that, but I highly doubt it. Okay. Well, if she if she, if she happens to be baptized Catholic, then maybe the, there could be the step to bring a priest involved at, because she could receive further sacraments at this point in her life. Right. Um, you could also ask her if she'd be interested in learning more about the Catholic Church. Uh, that that would be okay to do, I think. Uh, we have some beautiful sacramentals that we have as part of our faith. Uh, there might be a, a blessed crucifix that you could provide for her. So we have the, the crucifix with the corpus. Those are beautiful have, especially someone who may be nearing the, the point of death from 
uh, this world. Uh, there are also perhaps uh, other prayers that you could you could pray with her. It's some, sometimes it's very nice to pray with somebody, or or if it's if she really is not not Catholic, then you might be able to pray the Psalms with her. There are many of the the Psalms that are very consoling for someone who has a serious illness uh, or would would face uh, death, uh, or read the Gospels. Um, and perhaps you also there there are beautiful ways to have recordings of the Gospels. I I like to listen to the Augustan Institute uh, version of the the dramatized scriptures. That's one of my favorite things to do to continue to be refreshed in scripture. I just turn it on and scripture is read to me. Uh, and uh, I love listening uh, to the, the gospels and the letters of St. Paul. Um, other than that, just to continue to be a, a good, faithful friend, uh, to be joyful, uh, to keep encouraging her to pray and to pray with her. Uh, I think this, this you can be a great ongoing blessing to her in her days, but I think she will be a blessing for you to receive well uh, the gift of this person in your life. I think is if you do some of these things or, or most of them, I think you will have, have uh, served well your neighbor as well as shown love for our Lord. Wow. Thanks so much. I hadn't thought of those things. Thank You're you, welcome. Father. You're welcome. God bless you. Father Kazel, we have another caller, Paul from Dodge Center. You're on Real Presence Live. What's your question for Father Kazel? Good morning, Paul. Hello, Father. My my question is uh, on the Senate going, uh, Amazon Senate going on in Rome. I was just wondering if you've been following that, if you could give any update on it as to how you think it's going. Oh, thank you, Paul. Great question. Uh, my answer is both uh, yes and no. I've been following it some. Uh, I've not been immersed in it. Um, I, I do know that uh, I encourage, in a general way, all of us to pray regarding the Synod and pray for uh, the grace of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we do. I also encourage people to remember that uh, our Lord has given assurance that the Church uh, cannot fail. So we, we have to have the supreme confidence, no matter what we see or hear, uh, regarding deliberations that are happening. So our Lord, our Lord uh, is in charge of his church, and we must place our trust in uh, the outcomes in our Lord. And one thing about our Lord, he's, he's such a good, faithful friend. We, we sometimes get immersed in what's going on right in front of us. We have to remember our Lord is in the future. He's the Lord of the future. He's already there. He sees. He knows how he's going to solve problems. He knows how he's going to turn things for the good and for the will, uh, his own will that will give glory to God the Father and for our sanctification. So we, we must show ourselves to be faithful and to never be discouraged. Now, some things uh, that may be deliberated, I know there's been questions about whether or not uh, women could enter into holy orders. Uh, we know that's been decided, but people may still try to talk about that. Uh, it's simply not possible. Uh, so we continue. I, what I find most helpful is to not uh, um, let myself be disturbed by it. So we have the assurance of our Lord's word, and it's certain. Um, even if there is some ongoing confusion, uh, you know, we know our Lord is going to take care of his church. Uh, it's a matter of his timing and what will be uh, for the glory of God and for our greatest uh, merit and uh, our greatest sanctification. So it'll all be for the good. Our Lord doesn't make mistakes, so we be faithful. Uh, there are other questions about uh, perhaps ecology and things such as that. We, we must, you know, what the best thing we can do here is to learn and hear with uh, uh, what is happening, but then also continue to be focused on the worship of God because... Um, Nothing in creation uh, is God. Its creation is completely other than God. Uh, only God is divine in his nature. So 
created nature is created. It's uh, separate or different than God. So thus we want to continue to worship God and be focused on the worship. And that's probably one of the best things we can do regarding the synod because people living faith continue to practice it truly in spirit and truth. Uh, It, it, it will always be a beacon of light uh, for the whole world, even if it's only one single person or a few or several. Um, Also, I encourage you to, to continue to try to have a, a certain balance about it. Know that this is a, a uh, there may be a lot of conversations that might be shown to be disturbing, uh, but at the same time that uh, nothing is decided, uh, nothing uh, will come uh, that we will see for some time yet. Uh, but um, I like the St. Teresa of Avila quote, you know, all things are passing, uh, let nothing disturb you. So we, we want to continue to place ourselves in the hands of our Lord. So that's about the extent that I have on the Amazon Synod. So I hope, hopefully that's helpful, Paul. Uh, but I, I encourage all of us to continue to have that idea to pray and to turn to our Blessed Mother with a decade of the rosary each day, if not more, uh, offer penances, and, uh, and let us place our trust in our Lord and Captain and Victor, Jesus Christ, and our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph. Anything, anything else, Paul? Just, I just want to thank uh, Father Kezo for offering the uh, men's holy hour and the women's holy hour at St. Michael in uh, in uh, uh, in Pine Island. So that that that's just a great way to feed those who are uh, hungry for the Lord. Oh, you're welcome, Paul. I'm glad to have you come in, and uh, I'm grateful that you called in this morning. So God bless you, Paul. God bless you, Father. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for the call, Paul. We. Uh have just a few minutes left here on the Straight Sog segment here on Real Presence Live. Again, the number to call, 877-795-0122 to talk to Father Randall Kazel about something that regarding the faith might be on your heart. We have another call from Kathy from Fargo. Question about a priest who left ministry and who is now back. Good morning, Kathy. Hello. Good morning. Good good morning, Kathy. I went to Good morning. I went to Mass out of the area, but down in southern Minnesota, a couple, three or four weekends or so ago, and the the priest was giving a little bit of his background. I believe the gospel was about the prodigal son, and he's not my pastor, so I don't know a lot, but he was saying how wonderful reconciliation is that he had been a priest, got burnt out, left the priesthood, got married civilly with no children in the marriage, but ended up divorced, and through reconciliation, and I'm assuming some talks with the bishop and so forth, he is back in the priesthood. And, you know, I really was impressed with him, gave a wonderful homily, very energetic. But I was wondering about that and his divorce status would, since he was not married in the church, was there no sacrament, so there would be no annulment? Just kind of wondering if you have any idea how that might have worked out. 
Well, that's a good question, Kathy. And we, we praise God for his infinite mercy that can make a, a crooked path, uh, at least one that was straight and then went crooked and then now back straight that our Lord can bring good out of uh, these sorts of situations. And we, you know, it's a good reminder to always pray for priests uh, and pray for, you know, pray for me, pray for all priests, you know, that, that uh, our Lord's grace may always be sufficient and the soul may always correspond to that grace. Now, regarding a particular question, um, the aspect of the marriage, you mentioned it was a civil marriage. I'm not familiar with this particular case, so, uh, but the, the civil marriage, that would not be sacramental. So that would be resolved with a form of an annulment. Uh, that's when, when anyone attempts marriage and it's not done according to the, the mind and will of, of the church. Uh, which our Lord Jesus gave the authority of the church to decide these things. So when it's not done according to the will of the church uh, as given authority by our Lord, then it is resolved by an official declaration uh, that it was null or that there is a, uh, not a valid marriage. So never, the, the marriage never existed in the first place. Yeah, it was not. A, it was it, there was never a sacramental bond. So so we we talk about two different aspects of marriage. One is the civil aspect of marriage. That that is a, a construct of the government. So the government can rightfully ma- maintain and keep track of who's married in in the country and then the second one is the church the church has a, a contract regarding marriage and what they have defined as marriage as well so hopefully that's helpful Kathy hopefully we, we give thanks that um, that uh, that this has worked out better in the life of the priest and hopefully there will be many years to glorify God so thank you for Very calling good. in Kathy thank you God bless you. One more question that came through on our RPR Facebook page. Hi, what is a red mass, Father? Very good. A red mass, uh, from what I know, the, it's normally at the beginning of, say, a judicial year. Say, the, the judges are coming. I, I was aware of a celebration for the beginning of the Supreme Court year that the, there will be a bishop or a priest will gather to offer a mass and they pray to the Holy Spirit. Uh, sometimes I see this also at the beginning of the school year at different schools or universities where they'll have a red mass. And basically it's the invocation of the Holy Spirit to come upon whatever and endeavors uh, may be going on during that year so that important decisions and actions may be blessed in his grace. Excellent. We are just about out of time for their Straight Talk segment. Wanted to remind folks regarding Paul's question about the Amazon Synod on Tuesday at 7 Central Time, we will be bringing you EWTN News Presents Synod for the Amazon, talking about what we know about the Synod. That's Tuesday the 15th at 7 p.m. Central Time.